Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Welcome back to a few more minutes on the Steve Keen art book. We last spoke with Daniel Ephraim, the producer of the book, and he explained how Keen was deeply embedded in the 90s music scene, first in Charlottesville, Virginia, and later in New York City. The eclectic music community embraced the artist, his vision, and unique process. Ephraim has called him the most prolific painter in American history. He also pointed us to a unique testimonial by a well-known voice in alternative music and a huge supporter of Keen's and the book project. We'll let Robert take it from here. Hey, this is Robert Schneider from the Apples in Stereo and the Elephant Six Collective. Um, I'm making this for the Steve Keen art book. To try to make my point, um, I want to tell a couple of stories. I first saw Steve's art, I guess like 1993 or something, when I got the um, Silver Jews Arizona record. And it had this amazing Western painting on the cover. And it wasn't just that this was an amazing original painting that was made for the band and that it was one of like the seminal lo-fi albums of our whole generation. It's that it was painted with like, it didn't have like superimposed fonts or any other kinds of graphic design involved. This was a painting that was made as the album cover and the artist went ahead and painted on the title and the band name onto the painting itself. That was so cool to see, kind of like, cool like sick art from the 70s and stuff where you'd see like these amazing album covers with like the band name painted into it and here was sort of like a lo-fi punk rock kind of version of that that was really moving to me and my friends that's what we wanted on the cover of our first album we wanted a hand-painted album cover with the title and the artwork all painted in there and so when my band the apples decided to get an artist for our first album Fundrick noisemaker we asked Steve and on our first tour of the East Coast, we had crashed for a few days at Zeke Fiddler's house in Northampton, Massachusetts. And uh, Zeke had some of the art from the Arizona record and other Steve Keen paintings around his house. And so we had a contact for this artist. And in fact, on that same tour, we had played at Brownies in New York City. And uh, at our show, there had been a wheelbarrow, like this like wooden, really crudely built wheelbarrow that was painted in colorful art. And it was filled with wooden paintings, stacked back to back, like a dozen wooden paintings. And it had like this wooden box that was also handmade and hand painted. And it said, honor system, $5, leave $5, take a painting, it said. So of course, we all left $5 and took a painting. And they were paintings by Steve Keen. It was so incredibly amazing and lucky. And how cool that this genius artist was depositing his paintings around New York City at clubs so that young kids like us could just pick them up for five bucks and have real amazing art in our apartments. It was so beautiful. So of course, like I was saying, when it came time to uh, ask an artist to do art for our first album, we wanted it to be Steve. I called him, having gotten the number from Zeke, and Steve was like, hey, we were at your show at Brownies in New York. I would love to do the uh, art for your album. It was so exciting. I couldn't believe it. We had like just like missed him like in the night. And really soon after that, I mean, it was like seriously like it, it must have been like five days or something like that. 
We went to check at our Elephant Six PO box. It was like a six block walk from our apartment. We all, uh, our band and our Elephant Six collective at that time, uh, we lived in a single basement apartment in Denver. And so we hiked up to the post office every few days to see if we had any like orders for our mail order collective that we had going. And we had a note in the PO box that said that there was a package that was too big to fit. And so we took the little slip up to the postal workers and they brought out not one, but three huge packages, huge packages. They were so heavy. And it turns out they were filled with not just three, but 36 paintings, three by three paintings on wood and on paper. Most of them were on wood. This was incredibly heavy for us to lug back to our apartment like six blocks, but we did it joyfully. I remember getting back to the apartment and as we started to open the box, we were like, what is in here? And we pulled out one and it was the perfect cover for our new album. It was perfect. And then there was another and we pulled it out and it was the perfect cover for our new album. And we pulled out cover after cover, after cover, and we had them all stacked up in our tiny apartment, 36 of them. And we were suddenly stuck with this huge problem. How could we possibly choose out of 36 of the most amazing pieces of art we had ever seen in our lives? Each one of them said the apples in stereo, fun trick noisemaker on it. That was the name of our album. And so um, over the course of some time, we whittled it down to like eight paintings. There were like eight paintings that we definitely couldn't choose between. And so we decided uh, Spin Art, our record label, we told them that um, we would like to please have eight different covers. And we'd like to have the packaging set up so that the listener could choose their cover. Well, it turns out with LP covers, that's not really possible. I was imagining some origami type thing, like, you know, like eight different gatefolds or something like that. That's really expensive and undoable. But what we were able to manage is to put a poster inside the LP and in the CD version, and we were able to include on the poster and the fold out in the CD version, like eight of our favorite covers. And then it was like, okay, so if you like this cover better or this one or that one or one of the others, you could just like fold your CD cover and then like put it back in the CD case, which inevitably would fall apart and the cover would fall, and the, the whole thing would fall apart. And in any event, CD cases weren't the most reliable medium to put artwork in, but it was a really nice way to get to do this, like lots of art. For our uh, single of that album, which was Tidal Wave, we went to New York and in Steve's Brooklyn, like a studio warehouse, he set up the whole warehouse and painted all of these gigantic backdrops. Each one was the full size of a, a wall of a room on, on a huge tarps. He painted all these different backdrops and these wooden like um, props, a huge wooden drum set and huge wooden amplifiers and a huge backdrop of a recording studio that we subsequently used in our studio in Denver. We filmed our video. Um, we had a $500 budget for the video and we filmed it in his studio. Um, it was an amazing experience. Um, at that time, we were between bass players. Our founding bass player, Jim, had quit the band. And we had had a few friends that filled in over the years um, since then. In just a couple of months after that, Eric Allen, our bass player for the rest of our band's life, uh, joined the band. However, we didn't have a bass player for the video. And so Steve volunteered to step in and be our bass player. And so that was the time that Steve Keen was the bass player in the Apples in Stereo. We were so proud to have him be the bass player in our video. He hadn't ever played bass or guitar before, so we had to show him how to hold it. I think he kind of got it right. Like, he didn't drop it. It was so incredibly cool. 
when we recorded our album Tone Soul Evolution, it was our second album. Most of our albums we recorded ourselves, but that album we recorded at a studio in Hartford, Connecticut. And when we were finished recording the album, we came and we stayed at Steve's studio. He had these huge gates, like his front of his studio was like, an, it was like a, an old firehouse or something like that. And so it had these huge gates that would open. You could drive your whole vehicle inside. And we drove our vehicle inside and we drove it up and waiting for us when we got into his studio from re finishing recording and mixing Tone Soul Evolution, he had this gigantic painting. It was enormous. It was over 10 feet long and like five feet tall. So we used it for the cover of our, or for the gatefold of our album. And Steve also did for Tone Soul Evolution, he did a large number, probably dozens of these paper cutout collages. He's got so much amazing art. I'm so lucky to have so much of this amazing art in my life. Basically like the next 25 years after that has just been a blur of loud music and amazing Steve Keen art for me. <laughs> um, like, uh, uh, oh, 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 another anecdote, Star Keen, the architect, did the artwork for our third album, Discovery of a World Inside the Moon, or maybe it's our fourth album, I can't remember now. We had like a mini album. She designed a, a house that was impossible to build. If you look carefully at the architectural diagrams with this album, um, with, this is supposed to be a house where the apples live, and you'll see that they don't make any sense. The stairs don't even like, they overlap and there's a tiny little hole that gets you up into the top room. It's very interesting. And Steve was responsible for painting the interiors for it. So um, he sent us, once again, we got a huge package in the mail filled with these enormous three by three uh, paintings and collages. And he did about some dozens of really cool, ambitious collage paintings for the interior art of Discovery of the World Inside the Moon. Now we were hoping to have a gatefold, but it turned out that all of the paintings were really cool, but they were kind of like really different from one another. Except for I found like two of them that fit together into a pair. So that would have made a good gatefold. So I called Steve and I was like, Steve, we found two of them that fit together. Are there any others that fit together? And he's like, no, no, I think I did that with that one and there weren't any others. So it was like, okay, cool. So like, as we were pulling the paintings out and starting to organize them and decide on the album art, we noticed that a few other pairs fit together. In fact, it turned out that all of the paintings paired up into two by two squares. So Steve had misremembered. So I called him back and I was like, Steve, it turns out that they all pair up into like two, uh, into gatefolds basically. Are there any other types of pairings or did you have them fit together in any other ways? And he was like, no, I guess I forgot about that. Now that you say it, yeah, I remember. I did them two by two and then I split them to mail them. So we're like, okay, cool. So now you have to understand, we have dozens of three by three paintings covering the entire floor of our house, all the rooms. And as I started to look around and walk through them, I started to notice that actually some of the two by two pairs would fit together. And you get these four long squares of art. And so I was starting to think, okay, this could be a cool fold out for the CD, like Funtrick Noisemaker. I called Steve and he was like, um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe some of them did fit together into larger pieces. So I kept going with it. And as my bandmates and I started to fit them together and fit them together, it turns out that all of the paintings, all of them fit together into one long continuous piece. In fact, Steve had painted one long painting, fully the length of a house from front to back, it was a collage and painting and then had cut it up into a large number of three by three squares and mailed them to us. Not only had he forgotten that he did all of that, so we had, to, we had the joyful process of discovering his artistic process uh, after the fact. It also did make for a super sick fold out for the discovery of the world inside the moon CD. 
It was really exciting. The process of discovery, the pulling out the artwork, piece after piece after piece, and just having your mind blown again and again. Just imagine how joyful that was for us. We wanted an album cover, and we were given a decision, an art gallery to decide between in each case. It was so exciting. He's done a lot of other albums for us as well. I just love Steve Keen so much. He told us when we first met him that his dream was to be like the Johnny Appleseed of art. He said he wanted there to be art all over the country and all over the world, in every house, in every apartment, in every shop, in every workshop. He said that art shouldn't be something that was confined to the galleries and it was confined to large budgets. He wanted to make fine art on the highest level, but produce it in mass like pop art, but painting it by hand and then distribute it to the people. I love that so much. And now, some decades later, you can see that's really the case. Any shop, any home, any thrift shop, any restaurant, any record store you go into, you're likely to find Steve Keen paintings around. They're everywhere. I love him so much. Thank you so much, Steve, for all of the amazing artwork you've done. If you enjoyed this teaser, have a listen to the complete podcast episode on your favorite podcast provider. Please follow, subscribe, and share. And thanks for listening to All Music Podcasts, a member of Pantheon Media. Unlock big savings during the Menards Bag Sale at Style and Security with Schlag Lock Sets. Menards carries over 50 styles of interior and exterior lock sets. And with Schlag's wide selection of smart locks and keyless entry locks, there's no more hiding keys under the doormat or losing track of copies. Save big money on Schlag Lock Sets. Plus, save 15% when you fit it in the bag. Now through January 14th, available in-store only at Menards. Save.